Welcome, and thank you for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect, for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the Bread of Life. Let us seek Him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. We've been learning about the holiness of God and the life of holiness off and on in our broadcast over the last months. This is the final message dedicated to the topic for now, and here we begin to consider holiness and heaven, for it will be holiness which shall be the overwhelming atmosphere of eternal life. If you don't want that now, you won't want it then either, so you need to decide whether you want heaven or not. If you study the New Testament, you study the life of the Lord Jesus, you'll see that the Lord Jesus spoke of heaven most often to those individuals who feared that heaven was not in their futures. And when he spoke of hell, he spoke to those who assumed that hell was not in their futures. In other words, to the unrighteous, he spoke because they needed the hope of heaven, and to the self-righteous, he spoke because they needed the fear of hell. To reach the lost people in the world that we go to and that God has sent us to, We need to bring to them more and more heaven and its hope and the promise of its holiness. And the question that we might want to answer this morning is how do we do that? How do we take this great expression of how profoundly holy God is and all that God has in store for us in heaven because he's purposed us for his holiness and to realize all of its benefits and how do we communicate that in the world that we live in? a world which is not holy in any way? Well, the simple answer is this. We do it by living holy lives. We do it by letting God live in us and abide in us and express himself through us. And heaven, you understand, will not be without holiness. Holiness is at its heart and at the heart of its promise. And this morning what I want to do is I want to think a little bit about heaven. I want to think about this future place that God has promised us and he's taking us to. The ultimate future that stands before every person who has put their faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ alone. I want us to focus in and consider two elements that are promised for that place. And one is the element of light. And the other is the element of life. Light and life. And for light, I want for a moment for us to think of the sun. And we'll use that as our metaphor or as our reference point for considering the light that shall be ours and shall be realized in this ultimate future that God is promising us. And for life, surprisingly, I want to put before you the image of the temple. And the temple will be the place from which we'll come to understand or realize that God is expressing life to us Because the temple represents the presence of God. It represents where God, in a sense, establishes his ruling throne before us, where he rules. And from that point of rule, where God rules, there issues forth, God wants us to know what issues forth is life. So from the sunlight, from the temple, life. I'll explain it more fully, but first let's consider holiness is The light of heaven. Holiness is the light of heaven. And let's make that our first point. The ultimate future of light. What we've said in the past when we spoke about the idea of what God is like is that God is like the sun. 
Hebrews 12, 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. It's a way in which we understand the holiness of God in a, an experiential way. God is like a consuming fire. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 17, when God took the Jews out of bondage in Egypt, their first experience encountering for themselves as a released or freed nation of the holiness of God was when God came down and revealed himself on Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 17, the experience is described this way, that the sight of the glory of the Lord was as a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. The Bible describes this consuming holy fire of God as unapproachable light that God dwells and exists within. It's something that's immense and intense and unimaginable. And We compared this holiness of God with the sun in this way. The fire of the sun gives life to everything on the earth. Without the sun, everything would be dead. The planets would be dead. In fact, that's what the scientists tell us are going to happen one day. They're telling us that the inevitability is that one day the sun will fail in all of its power and its might and earth will become a dead planet or it will lose its gravitational pull and will be sucked into the sun and will just be incinerated in a moment, in a second. But that for now, the sun actually is quite handy to us. It gives us life. We like exactly our position in reference to the sun. We like that we're just in the right. God has set it up in such a way that we're just in the right place, just to get the right amount of light from the sun. And as a result, everything that you know of as life, everything that you know of as life, is drawn from the energy of that sun. It gives life to us. Be in just the right position, be at the right distance, be at the right point, and that sun, that fiery glow brings life to us. Get too close to that sun. And yes, you're incinerated in a second, in a moment. That's the holiness of God. The holiness of God is what gives life to everything. Actually, the sun itself draws its spark of fire from the all-powerful God. God in His holiness gives life to everything that comes to His presence and comes before Him. God in His holiness and His pure goodness and His potent goodness gives to us and brings to us all the experiences that ultimately provide us life. It's His holiness that sets in place this sun before us. But get too close to that holiness. Come before that holiness and that pure, potent goodness that is God would be too much for us and we would be incinerated in a moment. God was teaching Moses that when Moses saw the burning bush and we referred to this as well, Moses came to that burning bush and God said, Moses, keep at a distance for this is holy ground. We see images and we talked about this. You see paintings that are depicting that scene when Moses came to the burning bush and we see Moses bowing on his knees and the burning bush is a few feet away from him and He's taking his shoes off because he's on holy ground and I don't think it's an accurate picture. I think that the right image would have been that there would have been this vast sloping landscape at the edge of Mount Sinai and there up upon the mount was this bush that was burning and on the other side of the landscape was this speck which was Moses quaking, trembling at a distance. 
When God would come down with fire upon the temple, God instructed the people of Israel to build a tabernacle and later he instructed them to build a temple and there God would present that he was coming among their midst and he was making, in a sense, his presence known or his throne room known in their presence. And when God would come down, fire would come down upon the temple and we're told that the people were driven out of it. They couldn't come near it or be in it. It wasn't safe. It wasn't secure. God's holiness is such that it gives life to all, but you cannot come too near to it or it will destroy you. His potent goodness is too rich for us to experience. But here is something wonderful. Now, here's what I want you to mark here. Holiness is like the sun, but here is something wonderful, and we've discussed this. God, who is alone holy, has determined that he will not be alone in his holiness. God has determined that he will invite us into his holiness to know him and experience him. God calls us unto himself and for us to come unto him and be near him who are sinful and to be drawn near into the potency of his purity and in the potency of his grandeur and his moral integrity. God covers us with his holiness. He confers upon us his own holy fire He covers us and He fills us with His holiness in such a way that He purges us and cleanses us. And we've said it over and over again and we'll say it over and over again. The only thing that can be in fire and not be consumed is fire. And so when you trust and you believe in the Lord Jesus as your Savior, God pours into the fire of His Holy Spirit so that you become a glow with His presence so that it's safe for you to be near God and with God. Because God wants you to be with Him and God doesn't want to be alone without you. He doesn't want to hold on to the singularity of His holiness. He has determined that He will share it with us so that we may be with Him and we may enjoy Him and He may enjoy us. The mediation into that holiness is Jesus Christ who was God in the flesh but as a man lived a perfect and sinless and holy life and then went to a cross and there He died on that cross bearing the punishment that our sins deserve And as we place our faith in Him, that He's paid the penalty for our sins before a just God and a holy God, this just and holy Savior then pours into us all of His holiness and all of His goodness so that we are outfitted in His life, so that we are made holy. The word sanctified, when you read it in the New Testament, it means to be made holy. And as we spoke last week, Acts 26, verse 28 The Lord Jesus speaking to Paul said that we are sanctified. We are made holy by our faith in Him. You believe in me. You trust in me. You trust in what I've done for you and suffering for you and dying for you and rising from the dead. You put all of your faith and hope and trust in me for the future to come before a holy God and I will sanctify you. I will make you holy by your faith in me. He cleanses us of our sins and He places within us in the place of our sins, all of His holiness, so that we can be near Him, so that we can be near the life of God and enjoy His holy presence. And folks, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. And by the way, life in the holy presence of God is pleasure and joy. It's something wonderful, too wonderful to explain. Heaven, with all of its glories and all of its wonders, is there and it's to be experienced because God is holy. I'm just reminded for a moment when we were little children, and we, I remember we had a horse that died. And I remember going to my father and asking her if gold dust was the name of the horse. Dad, will gold dust be in heaven? My father's answer was, Joel, if that's what will make you happy, gold dust will be in heaven. He didn't say gold dust would be in heaven. You know what he said? Heaven will make you happy. Heaven will give you everything that you want and that you desire. And 
That's the fruit of holiness. That's the wonderful thing. This essence of God that is so pure and so potent that it's a consuming fire that would destroy us becomes available to us as the very place in which we experience profound happiness. Holiness is profound happiness. So the psalmist writes in Psalm 1611 of God, In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's the fruit of holiness. It's the wonderful future that God is planning for His creation and for all of us. The Bible actually describes a day when God is going to come to this earth and He's going to completely restore it and He's going to completely purify it of all of its impurities. It's going to be melted as by fire. It's not going to be eradicated. It's going to be melted and purged of all of the injustice and all the sin that has roiled in it over these ages. And then in that place, God, the Bible says, is going to in the last days, God is going to bring heaven or the place of His expressed reign and rule down upon the earth and the heaven will touch down upon the earth and there we'll have an eternal state. And, and that's what we were reading about when we had our scripture reading in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. That day when the holy heaven of God's presence will come down and touch upon the earth. And here's the interesting thing. When that optimal future comes, there will be no sun. There'll be no sun because it will be the light of God's holy fire that will ignite and light the future ahead of us. This has been the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry in the community of Boise, Idaho, or our outreach work around the world, just go to breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll find links to radio archives, full-length sermons, and information on how you can give to our mission to raise up Christians as evangelists and disciple-makers around the world. Until the next time, God bless you.